Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting in to my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I'm going to play football. coming down from the gallows and I don't have very And welcome to Steelers Final Score. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Along with me tonight is Anthony DeFeo, both from Behind the Still Curtain, as we review the Steelers and the Chicago Bears week three. Now, if you could tell by my voice, not feeling too great about this game tonight as the Steelers went to Chicago and laid a giant egg, going 1 in 12 lifetime in the Windy City and just played absolutely awful but there's an underlying story that's put a cloud over the entire game and actually uh stole a lot of attention from the game we're going to be talking about that as well but first behind the still curtain brings to you Steelers final score and it is also brought to you by Frank Walker Law the top criminal defense firm to call in western Pennsylvania and West Virginia, and home to one of the nation's top 100-ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. For his PA office, call 412-212-3878, or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304-712-2089. You should also check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com, to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. I would say that 53 men in Pittsburgh in black and gold, would, will be needing to call Frank Walker because they are in need right now. They played absolutely awful. Anthony, good evening, my friend. How are you tonight? Uh, good evening, Brian. I've, uh, I've been better. It's kind of a frustrating day for sure. Um, just Today was the kind of day that you had a chance to, to change this narrative of how they play against inferior teams on the road, and they just – as you said, they laid an egg, and and uh, it's just like Miami last year, Baltimore two years ago. It's a, it's an ongoing theme, and, it, and it's definitely it's definitely a thing now. There's no question about it. This problem with them playing the way they do against some teams on the road is definitely a thing. If this was prison, Anthony, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be Mike Glennon's bitch. <laughs> twice, twice. Yeah. They went. Yeah. <laughs> they played him twice in the last four years, and he completely beat them. They cannot yeah. solve this guy, and it looked like they did. They only gave up 101 yards, but the, the game plan was good. They knew to uh, go ahead and hand the ball off. But let's talk uh, – before we do all that, we're going to do our knee-jerk reactions and get everything started, but I want to talk to you, the fan – Hey, please give us a call. This is your show just as much as it is ours. Um, 
so just get, <laughs> I, I'm flabbergasted about the game and everything that happened today. So three four seven eight five zero eight five eight one. We already have a color on hold, and we're going to be getting to them right away. But very first, before we get to our knee-jerk reactions, I would like to address the elephant in the room, and that is uh, happening all around the league and something uh, where the Pittsburgh Steelers made political headlines today as well by making the decision to stay in the locker. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Um, for the national anthem. Now, the first thing that I thought of when I found, found out about this, uh, this happening was the fact that, uh, well, what are they going to do with Alejandro Villanueva? Spans uh, three tours in Afghanistan, an Army Ranger, a medal award winner, just a, uh, just a true American hero and um, playing for a team. And, you know, he's somebody that uh, his patriotism and uh, what he did for this country needs to be respected as well. So I was wondering how they were going to handle that. And um, Art Rooney came out and said that uh, we're trying to respect the divisive nature of this entire thing and decided to all stay in the locker room for the national anthem, um, not to have anything noticed, anybody singled out for sitting down, I guess, would be the backdrop um, for kneeling, like uh, happened with the Ravens earlier on with uh, Terrell Suggs and uh, almost half of the Ravens team. And while the, uh, while the Jacksonville Jaguars just, uh, they went arm in arm. Um, so that happened differently all across the uh, NFL today. The Seattle Seahawks decided to stay in the locker room. Another team as well, and they're escaping me as uh, as we speak. But uh, this is this is a sports show. But this is something that is definitely affecting the team. It definitely comes to the forefront, and it's something that we do need to talk about. So my opinion on the matter is this: Look, this is the nation that I love with all of my heart. I have a father that. Uh, was a Vietnam era, a veteran, um, back in the 60s. Uh, he, I, so I called him today and I asked him how he felt about this because for me, this was, this is the most divisive I've ever seen this great nation. I've never seen a split like I'm seeing us right now, and it's something that is bothering me. My initial knee-jerk reaction was like, how can they do this? How could they disrespect the country and the national anthem. Then I thought about it more. Then I talked to the editor. I talked to Jeff Hartman after the, the, this happened with the Ravens, and he opened my eyes to some things. And I talked to my father, and he opened my eyes to some things where he was like, Brian, I don't even know. I don't even know how to feel about this because I'm feeling a lot of things. And, but the whole thing is where it's affecting me and you and everybody else it's affecting the members of the Pittsburgh Steelers differently. No matter what race you are, you have a stance here. And you know what? That is your freedom to have that stance. So whatever is chosen at this point, whether it does not fit with the beliefs of somebody else, it is somebody's true belief. So I'm not going to – I'm going to walk a fine line here. I'm not going to condemn it. I'm not going to condone it. I'm just going to say it happened, and I'm still trying to figure it all out. I'm still trying to figure out how I truly feel about this whole thing. And I, I, I'm not quite sure, but I know that we have a problem, and the problem is not a National Football League problem. It's a problem with our great nation. And this is a reaction to um, comments by our commander-in-chief, and uh, he it's something, and you can see I'm struggling here with this. It's something that that I'm not comprehending, and I'm a 45-year-old man, and I just have never seen this much division in our nation. 
I didn't go through Vietnam. I was born in 1971. Um, I, I did not go through that time. So I asked my father, I said, what was it like? He, he said there was a, it was a completely different tone. And so he doesn't know how to feel at this time. But all I'm saying as an American and the freedom that those men fought for us and the freedom that we have is the freedom to choose and a freedom to have our own thought, and I'm not going to step on that. Tony, can I have your knee-jerk reaction to this whole situation today? Well, as you said, it's a pretty uh, touchy subject, and uh, I didn't really have a problem with, with, with them doing it, honestly. I, I, I felt, after I heard Tomlin's uh, explanation of why he, why he had them stay in, in, the, in the locker room, because he didn't want to have, force people to choose one way or the other and, and, and cause division among the team, I didn't really have much of a problem with it because I thought, honestly, that was the best way to handle it. It didn't come off that way. It went in the opposite direction of, based on so many people's reactions. But, I mean, it's like you said, it's hard to comprehend, and it's hard to, to how can you how can anybody come up with a right way to handle this? Because it, if they, if they stand on the sideline and half the team is kneeling and half the team is standing for the national anthem, well, that might come off as even worse than the reaction that, that it got in the first place. So I respect both sides of it. I think if you want to stand for the national anthem, that's fine. If you, if you want to kneel out of protest for, quite frankly, a, 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 a worthy thing to protest, then that's fine too. What I have a problem with is there's no, there's no gray area with this anymore, with, with, between the people on one side or the other. It's, it's either you're on, on one side or you're on the other, and it shouldn't be that way. Like, how can you – I saw so many fans, friends of mine, not just random Facebook people, but friends of mine say – and family members say, well, I'm not going to watch them anymore. I'm not watching the Steelers anymore because they, did, because they didn't come out of the locker room. You know, that, that, that's not – first of all, you're, you're basically saying, well, you're, you don't agree with what I agree with, so, so you're wrong and I'm right, and I'm not going to, to associate with you anymore. And that's not what America is about. America's about what, what, you, what you see every Sunday over the last year and a half since Colin Kaepernick started this. You know, some people feel one way, some people feel another, and they're expressing their, their beliefs openly in front of the world, in front of other Americans, which is, which is what this country was founded on. So I have a problem with people who, who want to step on what's going on um, with, with as far as, like, the, the fans, as far as, them saying that they're, that they're, they're not going to follow the team anymore because I, I don't know how this one little action could, could – it's not a little action, but how this could, could force you to never be a Steelers fan again. And that's what my biggest problem is right now, Brian. Well, I think a lot of these fans will have a different tune come December, come January. I have friends that quit the team every year after the first loss in September or October. And right. uh, I've had a few of them text me today. So um, – the bottom line is let's go ahead and put that to rest until, unless we have some callers that do want to speak on it, and you're welcome to weigh in on this. I'm not going to tell you it's, you're wrong. I'm not going to tell you you're right because right now it is so gray, and oh. I am still trying to comprehend this whole thing. Um, but be that as it may, we are here to talk football, and I think one thing that we could all agree on is being equally frustrated in the way the team played, and we're going to go ahead and address that. But first, let's go to the phones. We have a 732 caller, and uh, I believe I know who this is, but let's go on the line. Hey, you're on with Brian and Tony. It's Steelers' final score. Good evening. Good evening, Brian. Good evening, Tony. It's Vito Manco from New Jersey. How are you? Vito. Good evening, brother. Now, I don't know, Tony, if you, if you know Vito, um, if you've listened to uh, any of the podcasts before, but this is one of our Hall of Fame callers. This guy is the guy that I wait for every week, and this is uh, week three. I'm so glad you came out, Vito. Please help get us through this. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, it's, 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 it's a little daunting to me, and one of the things I was reading a lot in a lot of the uh, chat sites is they were saying that Ben – they didn't look like the passion was in his eyes saying he was playing. I mean, I don't know if you guys see that or not, but if you notice after the game when they interviewed him, he said it was on him. And we've heard him do that numerous times. 
in the past. The other problem I'm looking at is you watch other games, look at Tom Brady, how he came back and led his team to victory. Uh, look at Aaron Rodgers, how he led his team to victory. You know, these are two teams that were down most of the game. Um, so to me, I'm wondering if it's a Ben problem. I know a lot of people are bashing the defense, but I don't think the defense played as terrible as everybody says. They really didn't give up too many points. If our offense is as good as everybody's saying it is and it's as talented as everybody says it is, why are we putting up 21, 24, 28 points? What is going on? So some of that blame's got to be also put on Todd Haley, maybe with his play calling. But you could clearly see a lot of times in the game Ben wasn't taking what the defense was giving him. He was going for the deep ball, and, and it wasn't working. A lot of times they weren't catching that pass. So, you know, is it is it possible that maybe the fire is not in his eyes anymore? Did the heat get to them where it caused all these things? I mean, I don't want to make excuses, but, you know, this is a game that, as good as the team was, they hung in there most of the game. And, and I think the turn of events was that Eli Rogers played because we gave them great field position. The defense couldn't hold them, and they, they were able to get a touchdown out of it. But then Wilcox makes the interception, sets us up in phenomenal field position, and we can't get a touchdown. we got to settle for a field goal. And, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, this is not even a top three defense we played against. So the other problem I have here is the fact that if we are as talented as we are, and we have so many good people on this team, why is it that we're struggling to score, score touchdowns? Is it the quarterback? Is it the offensive coach? I mean, you know, I'm just scratching my head trying to figure out why it is that we're in the same position we were at last year, and this team is supposed to be so much better. Well, Vito, I'm going to start off with saying that all your points are very valid. Um, you know, that game to me was won and lost on the very first play of the game when Ben goes up top. He threw a perfect – he had the fire in his eyes when he threw a perfect ball to Martavis Bryant, and Bryant had no business dropping that ball. Now, Bryant played with passion throughout the rest of the game, trying to make up for it, but he just uh, – he dropped that ball, and he looked terrible. And I think we're singing Ben's praises if, uh, if they go ahead and score in this first play, and I think that's a completely different game. We let him off the hook when Bryant dropped that ball. I mean, that's a completely different ball game with one play. Um, but because next thing you know, it's 7 nothing. They're playing on their heels. They escaped the first drive, and they got uh, they, uh, an 0-2 team that was close the first week against a Super Bowl team last year, Atlanta, um, realized that they were in the game after that one series. I thought the play calling was actually pretty good. Um, I thought the game plan was pretty good on offense. I had no problem with it. Um, I'm a little confused. I'm confused on a lot of things right now. I'm not sure about Ben. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say that he doesn't have the fire in his eyes. I just don't think he's right right now, especially I think it has something to do with his head. Um, he's reminding me a whole lot more of Brett Favre in his later years, and he's just not not connecting. Um, I'm almost wondering if this whole road Ben versus home Ben uh, stigma is starting to get into his his melon here. I'm wondering if he's starting to think that this is uh, that uh, he's on the road and he is going to struggle. I'm he's he isn't the 27 year old with fire in his eyes anymore. Um, but I still think he has that passion for the game. I still think he wants to win. Um, but I don't know if uh, – I really don't know if football is uh, 1A because he has so much more going on in his life. And I, I, uh, I, I'm thinking he's, uh, he's getting to the point where, you know, he's uh, not shaking things off as easy. So, Tony, what do you think? Well, I mean, there's definitely something amiss with the offense. I don't know if it's just the quarterback or uh, although he's the biggest part of the offense, you know, but like you said, if if they hit that, that if Brian hold, holds on to that pass on the very first play of the game, it might be a completely different day, you know, but he didn't. And, and from there, it, it was a struggle. And, and from, again, from what I saw last week, and other people have mentioned this, you know, so many people open underneath 
and and he you know they're, they're continuing to go deep. So I don't know if he's he's just not seeing the field or what. But overall, this offense people keep calling it, calling it a high powered offense, and it really isn't. I mean, the components are there for it to be a high powered offense, but you have to go back to the Miami uh, playoff game to find a really good performance from this offense. So that's what five games ago. So five straight games now, this offense has struggled, and I don't really know, know what the uh, what to put my finger on as, as to why. If you want to put your finger on the quarterback, that's that's a good a place as any to start because again, he has not looked right. He, he he's missing. You know, he's not seeing you know wide open guys underneath. He, he keeps trying to make the. He keeps trying to uh, go to Bryant. I'm sorry, Brown too often in my opinion. Even though he's a great receiver, if he's being double and triple teamed, then that means somebody else is open. So. I don't know what to do with it. As far as the passion, I think if he didn't have the passion to still play, he would have, he would have retired because he was apparently pretty close to doing that this offseason, and he decided to come back. So I don't think that's the issue. I just think he, he's just not right, and, and I don't really know why. Beto, what do you think? I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, I didn't see the first play of the game. I missed it because when I was trying to watch it, uh, my my – Game came on delay, so I didn't see that play. Was that down the middle? Was that in, into the into uh, deep it was territory? A, it, was when a, he threw that it was a deep fly pattern, straight up fly pattern. Really, right down the right sideline. And he had the ball. We're in talking hand. seventy-five, oh. eighty yards for a score if he connects with it. Wow. Um, oh. It was, it, and it was a beautifully thrown ball. Um, hmm. It went off of Martavis's hand. Wow, that's too bad because the guy made so that. Yes, if you remember. But and, that's you know, only one I, play, that's only one series. It shouldn't it shouldn't deter the rest of your game, right? It, no. it shouldn't, but I, I think it uh gave a struggling team confidence in Chicago. So I that's you know, I think it's a seven nothing game. They're no longer they won't be playing from behind at that point. And I think I know it's the first series. But I think it's uh, a play that's just like a very early dagger that uh, it's hard to get back from. I mean, yeah, I could be wrong. I mean, we're never going to know. But if you hit that, Chicago's hanging their heads. Hmm. But you remember how frustrated he was after the New England game, right, when they played so poorly? They were dropping passes. And, and maybe this is what's going through his mind, but it's so early in the season and who would have thought Baltimore would have got, you know, beat up the way they did today? I mean, no one probably yeah. saw that coming. I did and then not you see that something. coming. No, so there's going to be two anything. angry teams next week. I will tell you yeah. that. So uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing that, and I'll be looking forward to hearing from you next week, Vito. You got Keep it, Keep the John. faith. Thank you. Thank you so much. You got Thanks, it. Have Vito. a good evening. Thanks, Jenna. All right, buddy. Once again, that's Vito from New Jersey and a Hall of Fame caller, someone that I really appreciate hearing from. Hey, we have a lot of people on hold wanting to talk about it, so let's go back to the phone lines right now. 832 area code. You're on Steeler Final Score with Brian and Tony. What's going on? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. It's Melvin. I'm, uh, I used to, I would call in all the time from Dallas, but I'm Melvin. actually in Florida. Hey, what's going Melvin on, man? from Dallas, right? Yeah. Okay. I've been, uh, I've, been I've been a little, yeah. I'm, well, I'm working in Florida, working this hurricane, uh, oh, okay. hurricane Irma. Um, well, um, let's see what I want to start. Um, how about this? How about if I told you last week our defense is going to give up 17 points to the Bears? You kind of liked your eyes, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I I just think I'm I'm gonna try to air I'm gonna try to take an optimistic view of it. I'm thinking, hey, Le'Veon didn't he didn't come to training camp. He's still not in game shape, in my opinion. All of these weapons have not been on the field before, and there's and there, you're gonna have to get there. People are gonna have to get accustomed to that. And I don't know if Ben is as trusting. I did feel like he was trying to force the ball especially in the second half, way too much to Martavis. I mean, Martavis was blanketed a couple of times when he tried to force that ball uh, to Martavis. And, uh, you know, when he tried to throw one in the end zone and uh, Jesse James was double covered, I'm like, what What are you looking at? 
Uh, I didn't like the play calling. We were down on the goal line. I think the the touchdown that Le'Veon did score, you know, why we didn't run the ball when we were down there on the two. We want to pass. We got bailed out because of the holding uh, holding in the end zone call, and, and uh, Le'Veon finally, finally got in there. But uh, I'm not liking – I know you said that you kind of like the play calling. I mean not so much. Uh, defensively, remember last year we didn't have a secondary that could cover? No, we do now. Now we've got a – but we have a secondary that can't tackle. They can't play the yeah. run. Did you see Arnie Burns on that on that last run? What is he doing? I don't, I don't, well, he, I don't get – go ahead. Well, for, I mean, on that, on that, on, you're talking about on the game winner, he was being held for one thing. I mean, that, that was a pretty bad no, 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 not the not the game winner. There was it was another it was a uh, it was another run where the uh, where the guard, the tackle that kicked that the uh, outside linebacker kicked out, and instead in, instead of filling the hole because uh, Morris was contained, instead of filling the hole, he's back there behind the linebacker, and then he just jumps and falls. Uh. And okay. running back just keeps on running. Um, I do think that, and, and as much as you may disagree, I do feel that Chiquillo is a great pass rusher, but I do not think that he does a good job of setting the edge against a run. And the bear and the Bears knew how to exploit that, running the football. Because uh, I mean, we had one play where it was third and two, we missed five tackles. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's it's a lot of different. It's, I, we're just not. It's you know, it's game three. Usually, you get you, you know, if you get four weeks on tape, then you can have a better look at what you have. Uh, you know, with your team after you've done, you know, you've done the first quarter of the season. After you look at that, you'll have a you have a better you know better understanding. But uh, like you said earlier, the best the last offensive game that we really had was when we beat Miami. Uh, in the playoffs, because ever, ever ever since then, I mean, the Chiefs we didn't score a touchdown. You know, we hung in there. You know, and and going real quick to the uh, to the anthem thing. Um, my grand, both my grandfathers fought in World War Two. My stepfather was in Vietnam. Hey, the last time I checked. That's the whole reason why they fight to for the to have the ability to exercise the right that people die for. People people need to go back to history school, go back to U.S. history. This country was founded upon protest, and when it was founded, it wasn't peaceful. You know, go to the Boston Tea Party. That was a protest. So you get people that want to kneel down, keep the you know they're quiet and nobody said anything for something that we know has been going on in this country since black folks were brought here. I mean, it it is, it is what it is, and those people that want to not follow the Steelers uh, because of what they did, are they that passionate about people who are homeless, people who are poor? Are they are they that passionate about the underprivileged? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if you're worried about the flag, the flag is a piece of is a piece of fabric. If you're gonna be mad about something, be mad that the ideals that the flag represent are not being represented to the fullest in this country. And there you have it. Great stuff. I know it's been a minute. I'm going to do better next week. <laughs> right, that was great stuff. No, that was really – that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, guys. Go ahead. I'll, I'll listen to you guys off air. I'm interested to hear what you got to say. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the – Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy.
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, it looks like we had some technical difficulties there on my end, so I am going to apologize for that. Um, the last that we had was Melvin, and um, I really – I'm not sure where uh, where we lost Melvin to, um, so I'm going to like pull back on. And uh, Tony, are you still there? Uh, yeah, I, I uh, called back in. Sorry about that, Brian. No problem. I was uh, I had some trouble on my end, so um, I will apologize for the technical difficulties on my end. Um, what Melvin had to say, you know, I I definitely, uh, yeah, I definitely have to give him credit for everything that he said there. Um, that was a situation where, you know, he's right. We, the people in this country, fought for us to have freedom, to go ahead and uh, to protest. To, uh, they fought for us to have the freedom to uh, have our own opinion, and that's something we talked to at the beginning of the show. And let's leave it at that. Um, there's, uh, but this country is divided, and we need to find a, a way to come together as a whole. But, um, Melvin, feel free to call back in if you would like to finish your thought, because I think, uh, I think he had many valid points. But, Tony, let's go back to the phones right now and uh, see who we have holding for us. We have uh, a couple 724 numbers. And so I'm going to go to the line, 724-221. You're on with Tony and Brian. Thanks for calling in. Steeler final score. Hey, guys, I got a theory what happened today. Okay. Now, I'm not getting into the political stuff. Uh, I'm just talking about uh, game theory here. Okay. Let me ask you, let, let me comment and then question. So if hours before a football game, you're in the locker room, what are you doing normally? I, in my opinion, you're preparing for the game. Um, you're going over strategies. Today, the Steelers were preparing to not come out for the national anthem. Now, you can say it's right or wrong, and I'm not getting into that, but that takes a lot of time and effort to come up with a decision like that. So – you know, you from what I'm saying, I, I do. I honestly, I honestly, I honestly do, guys. Um, I think when you're in the locker room before a game, you're getting psyched up for the game. You're getting ready for the game. Today, they were doing something totally different than their normal. The, you got a Bears team that are, that's 0-2. They're desperate for a win, and they're, they didn't do that today. I, I, I mean, you saw the game as well as I did. The Steelers came out. They were sluggish. They were starting slow. So you guys don't think that not coming out, breaking your normal routine, you know, coming up with a major decision like this wouldn't affect how you come out and you start a game? I, I don't think you it know, I can my tape is bra- oh, Go ahead. Sorry, Brian. I can't argue with you one bit. And I'm sorry, I don't know your name. I didn't hear you. Mention your first name. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike from Pittsburgh. Mike, you know I I can't disagree with you at all on that. Um, you know when you have two press releases before you even play a game and it has nothing to do with the game, uh, there's going to be some distractions. And there, especially when you have somebody on the team like an Alejandro Villanueva who has served this country, then you're probably thinking on how is that going to affect the relationship with your left tackle, trying to make sure that everybody is happy and you're not thinking about the game. So, you know what? I think you hit it on the head. I think some distractions came into play. Anthony? Yeah, and again, I'm not, I'll go ahead. Oh, I mean, I, I disagree. I don't, I don't think it had, had anything to do with Brian dropping the ball or, or quite frankly, Anthony Chica, like, like, like Melvin touched on, getting exposed in a run game. I mean, they, they ran at his side over and over again. I don't think it has anything to do with Eli Rogers muffing the punt or, or the block punt or anything like that. I, I, well, I don't think it really had much much to do with, with, with why they lost today. You know, guys, if, if your head's not in it. Exactly. Uh, go ahead, Mike. If your head's not in it, if, if you're coming into the game, you know, this had to be a long discussion in the morning or the night before that you're going to do something that no other team has ever done in the history of football not come out for the national anthem. I'm sure there's some people that wanted to come out that didn't, that kind of did it for the greater uh, of the team because they felt it would it would bond the team. 
but it had to be a distraction. I mean, you you come out for the national anthem. That's your normal routine. You're in there, and you're thinking about something else. You might not be, like, fired up to come out and play the Bears as much as normal. Um, You might actually be kind of with the Bears and everything, you know, kind of the whole National League, all the teams are coming together as one today. Now, you've got a Bears team that's 0-2. You know, obviously they come out and they kneel too, but I think their mindset was we're 0-2. If we lose this game, our season's basically over at 0-3. And I could see that when I came out, when, when the teams came out to start the game. I honestly could see it, and, and I just think when, when you think about that so much before coming into the game the night before, it has to affect your intensity coming out to the game. Yeah, Mike, I've, uh, you know, I respect, I definitely respect what you're saying. I actually agree with what you're saying, but I, I do respect, Tony, with what you're saying too. I mean, it's something that we can agree to disagree on, but I definitely think that there was some distraction involved. And if you look at the Baltimore game, I mean, they were the first to do it. They uh, had half of the team kneeling while, uh, well, Jacksonville was united and strong and didn't even really think of it. And they came out and they, Baltimore got blown out of the water. And I cannot tell you the last time I saw a team like Baltimore lose a game 44-7 to um, yeah. or just get blown out that poorly, I mean, uh, that badly. So, you know, I'm not sure, but uh, I would agree with you that some distractions were involved in that. Do you have any other comments on the game, Mike? Comment? Yes, a quick comment, then I'll go. Um, oh, no problem, buddy. What I do, you know, I, I work during the week, and, you know, for me, Sunday is a day to enjoy football. I mean, I can understand today was a little different. The comments by the president yesterday were uncalled for. I'm just hoping that this was a one-time thing. Um, I hope it doesn't drag week after week after week. Because, you know, as much as I agree with, with, with the protest and, and what they're fighting for, um, ultimately, you know, I tune in on Sundays to watch football. I enjoy it. I've been watching for probably about 30 years, and I just really don't want to see this week after week after week. I think today you made your point, and I don't think it should keep on getting, you know, progressing as the season goes on, or you're going to start actually taking away – from the National Football League, and it's going to turn into, you know, a gray area, so to speak. But that's all I got, guys, and I'd just like to hear your thoughts on that. You can put me on hold in the uh, in the in the room, please. You got it. I will. Thank you, Mike. Uh, you know, Mike, great points. Um, I will agree with Mike on another thing. Look, I felt a cloud the entire uh, 45 minutes before the game when I – when when the news came across the wire that they were going to go ahead and stay in the locker room, I actually felt a little bit of a uh, a cloud over me, and I was distracted. And as a fan, my distraction has nothing to do with the game, but I did not enjoy it as much as as I usually do. Just knowing that uh, because at this point now I'm thinking about the division in the country, and I'm thinking about problems and a lot of times football for me is an escape from reality it's an escape from everyday life just like when i go to see a movie i go to see a movie those two hours when i'm in the theater i'm escaping from reality and i'm enjoying what's on the screen and that's how i view sports in fact sports uh for a lot of people they uh they take the pain out of life and uh this was way too much reality for, for me today and a lot of people. So uh, I, I, agree with, uh, I agree with them. I don't know when things are going to get back to normal. Um, but I do know that uh, we need to find a way as a country and a society to unite again. Um, Tony. Oh, that's, I definitely agree with that. I, and with, uh, I think his name is Mike. I, I don't want this to, to be a, a weekly thing. I just, I just don't. What, no matter what side I'm on, I don't want this to. to I don't want to see this next week, or, 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 or it's just, there's just no place for it beyond, beyond what happened today. You know, I mean, they made their point. 
and let's just let's just move forward and, and, and play football. And, and that might be uh, easier said than done, but I, I hope that's the case. Let's go ahead and uh, go. We have another seven two four number holding for us. A lot of people want to talk today. Seven two four five two three. You're on Steeler Final Score. Good evening, and thanks for calling in with Brian and Tony. Uh, thank you for having me. My name's Don, and um, Hi, Don. I think the how you doing? I think the discussion may not distract it, but when you find out what the person lined up to you next to you is actually thinking, and you thought they thought differently, that is what caused the problems. You know what? I mean, that's uh, you know things get in your brain. You know, I mean. You, with teammates, you feel like you're united for a cause, and maybe right. if, uh, and maybe if you're in a situation where you think, okay, they're not agreeing with me on this, and you maybe you feel that little bit of division, and you just don't feel like a complete unit, and that well, might when be... you're, you're, I'm sorry, but when you think you're no, friends ahead. Ahead. with somebody, and you and you know them, and you know you know, and and then you find out. That's not who you thought they were. <laughs> that's yeah. a whole. That's a. That's a big. Uh, you know. That's a. That's a shock to your system. Can I? Can I chime in? That's, uh, and that's something, mm-hmm. Don. That, uh, that you know. I. I understand that too. And uh, as professionals, you think that <clears throat> that shouldn't come into play. But you know what? They're human beings under that helmet, and human beings wearing yeah, those like pads, that. and. Uh, some of that stuff gets in the play, and it still lingers once the game starts. Exactly. Um, so, I I agree with you there. Um, what do you, any thoughts on the game itself? Well, uh, yes, I have thoughts on the game. The offense played poorly, and everybody's blaming the defense for not tackling at the end of the game. But it's ninety degree heat, and they're out there so long. Uh, they gave up fourteen points in four quarters. If you can't win a game with a $90 million offense when your defense is – you got, what, two or three players making over $5 million? Uh, you don't deserve to win. I, I hear what you're saying. Hey, I appreciate you calling in. Be sure to um, call in next week on Steelers Final Score. Thanks a lot, Don. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Don. Tony, what do you think? Well, I mean, as far as the defense is concerned, I mean, overall, I you know, I don't think you can give it a pass because when 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 they scored in the first half to make it seven seven, what happened? The defense um, let the offense let the Bears' offense go right down the field and recapture the lead fourteen to seven, and then you know in overtime there was barely any resistance. I don't think the Bears even passed at all on that on the overtime drive, did they? They did like five or six drives. Yeah, they, it was right down the field. So, you know, you really can't give the, the defense a pass. I, I think they played better in the second half, but when it counted in overtime, it was it was pretty awful. So, no, I don't I don't give the defense a pass. I think it's just as guilty as the offense today and the special teams. You know, Melvin made a point earlier that if you give if you said you're going to only give up 17 points, that uh, you know you'd be licking your chops and you'd be pretty excited about the whole thing. But, you know, and that's the way it should be. But the bottom line to me is the offense didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So that's sort of where I'm at. And that leads us in, Tony, to our grades. Let's go ahead. And uh, I don't think the faculty at BTSC is going to be too kind as far as grades go today. So real quickly, because we've had a lot of callers, let's go ahead and talk about the offense. Let's go ahead and give a grade to the offense. And uh, if I have my red pen out, there's a lot of marks, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to give the offense a D. I agree. I mean, you you get the ball late early in the fourth quarter after a J.J. Wilcox interception, like the first caller said, and, and you get a field goal out of that. If they score a touchdown there, they probably win the game. And so, yeah, I give it a D for overall performance. So the the defense, let's go ahead and put a letter grade to the defense. And, you know, I'm thinking, and I'm going to agree with, with our last caller, um, just the fact that, you know, the defense, I thought they played 
a pretty good game in the secondary. So I'm going to give them a benefit of the doubt there. But as I believe it was Melvin, we've had a lot of callers today, but I I believe somebody mentioned the fact that uh, nobody was tackling. And the tackling tackling was poor. Um, There were some deficiencies there. Um, I would actually like, I mean, I agree with what Melvin said about Chicolo um, being great with a pass rush. But um, that's why you saw, I would have liked to have seen a little more of Debo. Um, because I think uh, he's going to stop the run a little bit better, and they just weren't stopping those guys. And they were, they were having their way with the Steelers. So uh, as far as the defensive grade, I'm going to go ahead and give the defense a C-. minus. I agree with that wholeheartedly uh, uh, because, like I said, um, they didn't really do much in the, in the passing game, but 220 20 yards on, on the ground, you really can't ignore that. And, and um, uh, they did, but, but they did save themselves in the second half by, or at least in the fourth quarter, by, by getting those two turnovers, that, which led to the 10 points. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a C-. minus. Okay. I mean, we could even bump it up to a, a C if, uh, if you feel that that's uh... – if you feel that's sufficient, I've, uh, you know, I, the turnovers are a good point. We could go C, C minus somewhere around there, maybe curve it up to a C. Um, as far as the special teams go, I'm giving an F to the special teams. Eli Rogers drops that ball, sun in his eyes. That was huge. That led to points. Um, the the, uh, the block kick. I mean, they they let uh, Marcus Cooper come in and just take that ball. I mean, it just went right into his hands, and he was gone. Now, benefit of the doubt goes to Vance McDonald. I mean, I'll actually give him uh, varsity status for just not giving up, because he really hustled. I know that was, that was a showboat play at the end that gave him a chance to slap that ball away, so I'm going to give him credit there. And I originally was, go, was going to bash um, Jordan Berry for uh, batting the ball out, but I'm going to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt just for the fact that he's trying to save a touchdown. He was try- I mean, you know, granted, I mean, he was willing to give up the two to go ahead and make sure it wasn't seven, and, but it ended up actually, since it was the last play of the game, it ended up being a, uh, the last play of the half, it ended up being three points, um, which was a pretty big deal there, Tony. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, you, you can't ignore the fact that, that, that the special teams was directly responsible for ten of the twenty-three points, and if, if the special teams is responsible for for ten points in, in an overtime uh, loss, that's an F. There's no doubt. As far as the uh, the, the the Barry thing, um, from what I understand, if he would have just not even bat, even if another bear besides I think it was Cooper, who if another bear would have recovered the ball in the end zone, it still would have been, wouldn't have been a touchdown. So, um, because of that, that, that roll, the Holy roller roll. Yeah. 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 The, the, yeah, the uh, Holy roller roll. You, you can't recover. You have to recover your own fumble and, 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 um, Cooper wouldn't have been able to do that because he was already tackled. So, but he didn't know that it was, it was a total instinct play by Barry, but still it, it, it cost him three points. So yeah. Uh, overall an F for, for the special teams. You know what? I'm going to be a little bit uh, ticky-tack here. I'm actually going to say you said giving up 10 points. I'm actually going to say they really gave up 13 points just for the fact that they were going to tack on three with that. And I thought it was a lackluster uh, kick by uh, Chris Boswell as well. And so that, I mean, that ended up being a six-point swing, um, which is a pretty big deal there. Hey, uh, Tony, we have one more caller. Let's go to the phones. We have six, seven, eight. Area okay. code on the line for Tony and Brian. Welcome to Steeler Final Score. Who's this? Hey, Tony. Hey, Brian. This is Nick from Marietta, Georgia. Um, hey, Nick. How are you? I, I remember man, Nick. Hey, Nick. Guys, I, yeah, I am I am so happy you're on because uh, I was getting ready to go to bed. I clicked on the computer. I said, oh, this is this is the best because, you know, there's just so much <laughs> steam here that diehard Steelers fan needs to be let go, you know? Um, <laughs> I get it. And I am going to apologize for everyone who listens to this because, again, I've only been on for about 15 minutes. But what I am going to say is that 
I, I think that the, the coaching, this is why I get so pessimistic and people say, oh, geez, you know, are you sure this is your team you root for? It's for the simple <laughs> fact that last year, you know, Tomlin, you can be forgiven for that Dallas game. You know, we saw Jarvis Jones and the performance he had versus the run. And you then give you credit, Mike Tomlin, the next game you set his ass, or I'm sorry, his rear end down, and you brought in Harrison and everything stabilized. So you got to, you know, learn a life lesson. Isn't that something that Tomlin always preaches, life lessons? But you don't take that life lesson 10 months later or 11 months later. When you're presented with the exact same thing, I've never seen the right side of the defense so the gap integrity on the running plays so so wide open. It's never it happened awful. since James Harrison. And you can keep talking about Chickarillo might be, oh, he's got an edge up on the, on the pass rushing skills. But this was the team that wasn't pass rushing. He had 100 yards passing. So why would you take your key pawn on, on your game board here and take your strength and take it off and not allow him to play? I mean, Tomlin has to be grilled. And how can I listen to the press conference? And the, the, I don't know what they – I don't live in Pittsburgh, but the press is abysmal. How could you as a reporter get in there have your opportunity to ask Mike Tomlin, what are you thinking, and do you remember last year? And they ask one question about the, the, the crazy play, and then they ask about the anthem. Hello, media, can you do your job and ask the man, what is he thinking? Did it even dawn on him what happened again 11 months ago? Can he even do that? I just don't, it's, it's crazy. I got a long hair, a lot of hair, too, but I'm going to pull it all out. I just can't believe it. <laughs> Your Nick, I, boys. Nick, you know, I've uh I was wondering that myself and uh when we were talking more about Chicolo, um yeah, he he is a good pass rusher. But uh you need to put your strength in, especially when we knew the whole day that that uh Jordan Howard with a bad shoulder was he was playing with heart and he was running over them and they knew the pedigree of the guy. They knew the guy had 1,313 yards last year, and uh, and most of them, most of those yards were in 14 games, not 16, because he didn't come alive until week yeah. three. They knew how good this guy was, and they knew that he has been stifled. So it's making me think that ah, oh, you know, he this guy only has two 2.7 yards per carry so far. So you know, maybe he's not a threat. Maybe that's what they were thinking. I. You know, but, I'm, but I for one, I'm thing. not sure. I'm thinking that yeah, but, they almost let him uh, let that go and said, "Hey, we got to shut down Mike Lennon. We got to shut down the pass." When they did not make an yeah. in-game adjustment, so I'll, I'll give you credit on that. Thing uh, about Tom. That's the scary thing is that he's got check. I mean, doesn't he re- doesn't he see the number fifty-six running around all over on special teams? And then you're going to play him ninety percent of snaps. I mean, I, I'm going to even defend Chickalo. I can just say that just from a pure athletic standpoint. The guy by the fourth quarters can't have much gas when you have him running full-time on special teams and playing the outside linebacker spot on one of the hottest days in Soldier Field ever. I mean, just where is the coaching? I mean, if you if Tomlin don't recognize it, why doesn't Porter walk over there and say something to him? And, then, you know, in the final comment, just to fit in, which I know you guys have hit on, is the officiating at T-Last Drive. I mean, the oh, jerseys boy. were ripped off. You actually saw mm-hmm. saw bare skin on the DBs who were mauled. I mean, how can't the guy <laughs> see it? I could see tattoos. My God, they revealed covered tattoos, but with those holds, just crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed to me like uh, they were like, "Let's get out of here. It's overtime. Yeah, it's ninety degrees. Too hot. Let's leave. I don't have yeah. enough sunscreen Which, on. Let me get inside." <laughs> Which is no right. excuse whatsoever. Hey, Nick, I appreciate your time. Thanks, and uh, let's go get them next week against Baltimore. Hope to hear from you then. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Thanks, Nick. Right, bye-bye. Right. We'll see you. Nick from Marietta, let's, uh, you know, we have a lot of thoughts, a lot of people wanting to chime in after a loss like this, and this is your show, so uh, feel free to call. Um, 646-355, you're on. Steelers final score, who's this? What's up, fellas? This is Bryce from Brooklyn. Bryce, hey, Bryce. how are you, my friend? What's your thought? Uh, 
Could be doing better. Could be doing better. You know, um, a lot of blame to go around. This is just, a, you know, an embarrassing loss starting at the head. This is the narrative on Mike, on Coach Tomlin, that he, he plays down to these guys and they lose football games. The teams they should not lose to. This team is too talented to lose games like that. That's one of his most embarrassing losses he's ever had. And then after Tomlin, Keith Butler. I think Nick, Nick was right. Run fits are awful. They're, they're outflanking us on a lot of these plays. Some of our lineups, what we did, how we didn't adjust to the run scheme is very, very telling. Um, we've got seven in the box. They've got two tights. And they're just running it down our throats. And, I mean, listen, if I'm, if I'm a team moving forward, and most teams, this goes to show you that a lot of these coaches outthink themselves. I have three run plays against Pittsburgh I'm going to run. Inside zone, stretch left, and stretch right. The Pittsburgh Steelers, since 2011, when they played Baltimore on the road in the first game and got gashed on a stretch play, the Baltimore Ravens, I hate to say, exposed something in the Steelers' run defense that Pittsburgh has not consistently taken care of over these years. If you want to have success in the run game against Pittsburgh, at least attempt to it, you run the stretch play. They can't guard the stretch play. They've drafted guys to try to, get, to, try to minimize that, and yet they still can't run fit well enough to guard the stretch. I guarantee you, they'll never admit it, Butler did not think he was going to get stretch play, stretch left, stretch right this game. He it was all day long. Other plays, he was not ready. He was not ready for them to run the stretch as much as they did. That is inexcusable. And, and if, not only is it inexcusable, it, it really shows – that, once again, when it comes to these teams, 0-2, 0-3, teams that aren't good, Pittsburgh does not play with a sense of urgency. They were too lethargic on offense. They played with no tempo. They just ran slow, slow, slow. They didn't let their athletes get out and be athletes. And they got beat, and this is what they do when they play these teams on the road. Brett, what's your thoughts on uh, road bend versus home bend? Well, well, you know, I think at the end of it, um, at the end of what I said, that's what it is. Um, Todd just gets too – Todd's, Todd's, Todd's feel for the game on the road to me is too lethargic. I think he – I think it translates to Ben. They don't play fast enough. He doesn't get the ball out of his hands fast enough on the road to get into any type of rhythm. They just – he misses throws, and then they don't, they don't do anything to help him get into rhythm. Like they ran some crossers. They needed to run crossers all day long. Be patient. Be in his ear. Be patient, Ben. It's going to come. Stick to the plan. They don't play fast enough in that tempo. I want to see on the road, Ben, no huddle, short throws. Let's get these guys on their heels, and then they'll be able to run the ball. If you're not going to line up with 45 in the backfield and run the football right at them, then you need to be able to matriculate down the field, and the up-tempo, short-passing game can do that. You've got a quarterback that can do it. But on the road, they're very slow to go to it. It's like they're scared because of the crowd or something. You've got to be able to run this stuff even on the road to get teams on their heels. The offense let the Bears hang around because they was playing so slow and slow to the Bears' tempo. The Bears played the game the way they wanted to, and Pittsburgh just never got into any rhythm because they don't play with any tempo. They go too slow. On the road, you've got to have a sense of urgency. You know what? I, w- I want to ask you about the first play of the game. If Ben connects that to Martavis Bryant, and Ben Ben's throw was on, as far as I'm concerned, and that was Martavis's uh, Martavis's drop, and it was all on him. If they connect that, my contention is it's seven nothing. It's a completely different ball game. Um, I think it could be a different ball game, but here's the problem with that. I think I think we're controlling the tempo, but unless you can get off the field on third downs and tackle. <laughs> and, and, and stop stretch left and stretch right, they're going to be able to control the clock and stay in the football game. Because while it was stretch left and stretch right, it was also Chicolo, it was also Chicolo uh, missing tackles on a third and five on the running back to getting the first down. It, it's Jordan Howard breaking tackles in the backfield on third and two and getting first downs. The tackling was atrocious today. It's like yeah, they had missed a lot of, a lot of uh, oh, sorry, and, oh, they missed – I, man, guys, I guarantee you, never admit it, Butler was not ready for them to call stretch left and stretch right that week. He wasn't ready. He didn't think they were going to do that. 
and I guarantee they hadn't practiced against it. The Bears were doing different things in their run scheme that they saw that came out and was like, well, you know what teams will do against Pittsburgh? Don't run the stretch today. We're going to run it. Let's see if we can have some success. And, of course, Pittsburgh, because they're inconsistent in defending it, they caught us on the day where we weren't ready to defend the stretch play. Tony, your thoughts? Oh, I, I agree completely. I mean, stretch right and stretch left all day long, especially on that. That's all it was. Yeah, in, in overtime, you know, it, it, the whole day. But, it's you know, it's like that's what I remember from today's game is stretch right and stretch left all day long. So, it's yeah. Um, it's yeah, yeah. And, and, and you have, you have uh, James Harrison who uh, is, is the greatest pass rusher in team history, but he's also very good against the run. And why he didn't get in there uh, when Chickalo was struggling today is is beyond me. I, I have no words for for why he he still sat up. He just didn't get in the lineup. Maybe one or two plays all day. I think because he wasn't right. on the game plan. I think they didn't practice against it, and that's why he didn't get in. Because Tomlin's about you got to practice it. If you don't practice it, you don't play it. And I really believe they were not prepared for them to run stretch left and stretch right. They didn't think they were going to see it. Bryce, any more thoughts on today's debacle? Um, you know, just an, just an embarrassing loss. It's still the Bears. The, rest, the officiating, we know it's horrible. I mean, a lot of non-calls. The hold on Joe Hayden on the long run in overtime was just abysmal. Chickalow's getting held a lot, too. They, he did catch the left tackle on one. Um, disappointing performance from Hubbard. Too many penalties. When you're, when you're a backup and you come in, you've got to be a technician and play sound. You can't hurt yourself. Just too many penalties still. Um, too too undisciplined, and too lethargic. Todd Haley coaches too lethargic. And when I mean lethargic, I mean it, the tempo in which they play. They're aggressive and greedy when it comes to throwing too many deep balls, deep balls at the wrong time, not enough feel for the game, then throwing deep into double coverage or throwing the covered receivers. They don't tempo guys and run that short stuff to really open the field up so they can take the deep shots. Haley's calling play actions in the beginning of the game. They haven't even established a run. It's like it's just a herky-jerky type of offense because they want to get these things in chunks too fast. It's like, but if they played faster, they'd actually get more of those opportunities. And Martavis should have caught the football, absolutely. Well, Bryce, thanks so much. Where do we go from here? Only uh, we'll find out. Uh, two teams struggling next week, meeting up in Baltimore. Should be a heck of a game. Let's uh, – We'll be here. Hope you are too, Bryce. We'll see you, buddy. I will. They're going to see it next week, guys. Baltimore's going to run it. Stretch left, stretch right. Let's see if we'll tackle somebody. <laughs> we will be ready, and we will be ready to discuss that. Expect to hear from you. We'll see you, buddy. All right. Take care, guys. See you, Bryce. All right. Thanks. Another one of our uh, our great callers, Bryce from Brooklyn. Always love to hear his analysis. Um, we are going to get ready to wrap up the show on Steeler Final Score um, right after this message from our sponsor, Frank Walker. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. Well, Tony, we're going to get ready to wrap everything up for Steeler Final Score. A disappointing day, but week three. So uh, we're going to move on. We're going to fight, and we're going to see what happens next week against Baltimore. You get through that game on the road. You're 3-1, uh, and one, and with three road games out of the way, then you're looking – looking ready for uh, some tough competition coming up in the second quarter of the season. But where do we go from here? What are your final thoughts, Tony? Well, as you said, uh, um, if they can get by next week at three and one, then you've established yourself as the top team in the AFC North. I mean, I still think they are the best team in the division, but if you win next week on the road, then there's no doubt that this is the team to beat in the AFC North. And that's why today was so frustrating because, you know, you, you you wake up in the morning and you watch the uh, the Ravens get absolutely pasted, plastered by the uh, Jaguars in London by what six touchdowns. And if you would have been able to win today, then there's no doubt that you know you you set yourself up for a a a um, 
you know, you're three and zero, and and you're definitely the team to beat in the division now. You know, we know how how bad they are, how traditionally anyway in Baltimore. So now you face that prospect of maybe losing in Baltimore, and then you have Jacksonville after that, who is obviously no no cupcake now, and then the Chiefs. So next week to me, next week is huge. If if they don't win next week, then it's not time to panic, but it's definitely time to start worrying about where this team is heading in, in uh, 2017. You know, I could not agree more with that comment. So thanks. Great job, Tony. Really appreciate uh, helping me get through this day. Um, this uh, show was difficult for me just for the fact that everything that went on today and uh, just the fact the game was, was what really depressed me, um, the way they played. But they do have 13 more games of this season left, and they have time to pull it together. And if we look back at midseason last year, on this show we were ready to pack it in when they lost to Dallas. And uh, they were really down, and they really came up big. So um, long season. We got through the, the first disappointment of the season. Sure, there's going to be more, but there's going to be a lot of excitement too. So for Tony DeFeo, my name's Brian Anthony Davis. And we are brought to you by Behind the Still Curtain for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler news, commentary, fun, everything you've got, we've, everything you need for the Steelers, we've got it on Behind the Still Curtain, and also brought to you by Frank Walker Law. So until next week, we'll see you on Steeler Final Score. Have a great week, Steeler Nation. We love you. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Oh, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When it rains, hit the lathes. Experience the best in weatherproof fun at Bolero. Bowl, play games, and treat your taste buds to Bolero's signature menu. Don't get wet, go bowling. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.